The Delta Convention, written June 1, 2010, at 6.31 p.m. Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated is a sisterhood of college-educated black women committed to public service. Today, we have chapters all over the world, and we convene nationally every two years. In 2010, the National Convention of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated was in New Orleans, Louisiana, my favorite U.S. city. The New Orleans Assembly was my first National Delta Convention. That's probably the reason that my line sisters and I mixed up the dates. We arrived on a Wednesday and stayed until Monday. The convention didn't actually begin until that Saturday, and it lasted until the following Saturday. As a result, we had three days of downtime and only two days of convention. That was fine with me, though. I was happy to have downtime in New Orleans with my sorority sisters. We stayed at the JW Marriott. The hotel was Kiana's choice, and it was a good one. My favorite amenities were the gym and the rooftop swimming pool. We made sure to take advantage. There were five of us in the room, Kiana, Talithia, Monica, Kim, and myself. I felt comfortable staying with those five. They had been there when I was at my worst. I could be myself with them. No performance. Around that time, I was becoming very particular about who I spent time with. I was concerned about making people uncomfortable. My humor was off. I was making a lot of sarcastic remarks about death by this time. And I remained on the brink of a spontaneous breakdown in every moment. I felt it was best to spend time with people who would not be alarmed by my mood swings. We had a good time. The New Orleans JW Marriott was definitely the next comfortable place where I would stay. We worked out, swam, ate, shopped, and laughed. It was great. As the week progressed, Delta Sorors began to fill the city. Thousands of Sorors. It was incredible. A sight to behold. My mom arrived on Friday, and by Saturday it was time for the formal opening ceremony. Minutes prior to the opening ceremony, I ran into my mom amidst the crowd of Sorors in the convention center. Since she was the newly elected national president of the Lynx, she was being escorted into a holding area to greet the national officers of the sorority. I followed her into that room, and I was warmly received. Cynthia M. A. Butler McIntyre, the national president of Delta Sigma Theta, gave me a big hug. Then she looked at me directly in the eyes and said firmly, God has something special in store for you. I'll never forget the sound of her voice as she said it. She was so confident, so sure. I believed her. I knew that there would be more to my life, that I would survive this, that time would heal. But in that very moment, I began to believe that God has in store for me something very special. It will be special. That moment in the holding room was a turning point. By this time, it was Saturday and our time in New Orleans was coming to an end. The convention would go on, but my line sisters and I would have to leave on Monday. Having been inspired, I was almost ready to go. There was just one more thing I had to do. I had to find Susan Taylor. Susan was also in New Orleans because she received a national award from the sorority that week. I was hoping that I would bump into her, but by Sunday evening, I'd had no luck. On Monday, as we were preparing to leave, Talithia and Kim ran into her. She was signing books in the convention center. 
Knowing how desperate I was to see her, they called me and told me to get there quickly. I ran from the JW Marriott to the convention center. I bought my books with me, the ones that she'd mailed to me a month prior. I scrambled around the convention center until I found her sitting at a table and signing her latest book, All About Love. There was a short line and I stood in it. As I inched closer, I began crying. She saw my sadness and hugged me before she knew who I was. I was overwhelmed. I said, I'm Margot's daughter, Kim. You sent me these books. I could hardly get it out. She hugged me again, more tightly this time. She knew immediately who I was. Love emanated from her. Oh, Kim, she said, of course. There were two other women around that she knew. She called them over and she told them what happened. We all hugged. It was a moment. During that moment, one of the two women kept touching my hair and saying, Oh, you're so pretty. It was time to go, and I was well. I had seen Susan Taylor. This amazing writer and I had been connecting in my grief. We'd hugged and shared a moment. She even gave me her cell phone number. I could leave New Orleans now. Seeing her was an emotional high. And on the plane back to New Jersey, I was about to have an emotional low. I don't know what came over me, but as we boarded the airplane, I lost it. Kim, Talithia, and I flew together, and I finally had the breakdown I'd been feeling and fearing all week. I sat in the window seat and sobbed and sobbed. They did not react, which I appreciated. They just let me cry it out. When my tears finally subsided, I looked up and noticed that Talithia was looking at a natural hair book. In the book, black women were sharing their accounts of shaving their heads and going natural. And in that moment, I made a decision. I'm going to cut all of my hair off tonight, I announced. Upon hearing this, the two of them looked at me like I was nuts, but I kept insisting. And I also insisted that I had to do it that night. Don't you at least want to go and wait until the morning and have a professional do it? Talithia asked. Kim started crying. Just wait, Kimmy, go to a stylist. But by that point, it was too late. I'd made a decision. I would stop by Target on my way home to Princeton and buy some hair scissors. I was definitely cutting my hair off, and I was not going to wait for tomorrow.